the great thing about cartoons is it's not as serious as uh, as a painting, but it's it's more inviting in my mind. The fun aspect of a cartoon that a no coiner might be more open to learning more. This is the Bitcoin Muse, and I'm Clay Enos. This episode is a conversation-turned-parlor game with Steven, a.k.a. Slumberjack, creator of Bitcoin Cartoons. We discuss his process and inspirations, but also engage in some fun as he leads me in a game of Name That Tune using his whimsical and poignant cartoons. Because this is an audio-only podcast, if you want to play along, just scroll down this episode's dedicated webpage at thebitcoinmuse.com slash bitcoincartoons. There you'll find the images Stephen shared with me and timestamps that sync with our audio. It's worth taking a second to do that. Now, The Bitcoin Muse is and may always be sponsor-free. Ideally, everyone who listens is doing so using some of the podcasting 2.0 apps like Fountain and Breeze, and you can stream or boost some sats this way. I'm sharing 10% of whatever comes in with OpenSats, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting free and open source projects and contributors, especially Bitcoin-related projects and projects which help Bitcoin flourish. And now, hopefully, you have your browser tab to the bitcoinmuse.com slash bitcoincartoons as you enjoy this chat. Steven. The Bitcoin cartoonist. Welcome to the Bitcoin Muse. Yes, thank you. Thank you for it. I know this is your podcast debut. It is my very first podcast. I've been on a few spaces, but this is the first Bitcoin-related podcast I've been on. I haven't had the courage to do a spaces because I feel like I need editing. Yeah, well, I, I've never started one. I've only just been a, a guest. If you've ever heard of Scarce City, done a few cartoon sales with them and they're all a great team to work with you know i see them a lot first of all they have a fantastic url and they've become a kind of a go-to for a lot of bitcoin artists oh, yeah. are they dabbling in the other things i don't get the sense of that uh if they are it's all counterparty if you are you familiar with counterparty sure i've done a few on there but that's not really where i guess my my customers are looking for me they're, they're, they're usually finding my cartoons on Twitter, uh, on Noster, uh, or primarily in person. I'll do a lot of introductions to my cartoons to fellow Bitcoiners at a meetup. Even just last night, I ran two people through uh, about 60 of my 130 cartoons, just having them guess each the title of each one. That is too fun. I think we'll, we can play with that because people can go pull stuff up online and things. But I, right at the beginning, I'm curious about cartoon. Like the, just the word cartoon has a lot of baggage. I guess you could, you could say it has baggage. It might have uh, many meanings to many different people. When I got into the cartooning, I just sat down one day and thought to myself, you know, I really like political cartoons. They're so witty. There's many layers to these cartoons and I always appreciated the artists that drew them and what they were able to produce. I was like, maybe I got a hand in this. So the, the very first cartoon I drew just over about a year and a half ago, uh, the end of 2021, it was a, uh, it had to do with the, the Federal Reserve and money printing. I don't even know if I still have it. I'd have to look in an old sketchbook. But it was it was a two-sided cartoon. On the left side, it was a it was a pig behind the desk. Man, I got I got it right here. Let me see if I can pull it up. I'll describe it to you. There it is. On the left, you have a a pig behind the bar with a sign up in the top left corner called Monetary Policy, and he's got a stamp with a a dollar bill engraved in the stamp and he's handing the dollars to the sheep and on the opposite side of all this huge stack of money you've got the sign counterfeit where you know the sheep is behind the desk this time trying to hand money to the pig and he, he is off to jail with uh with cuffs i think i got that from either it's probably robert breedlove who inspired that one just talking about how uh, the Federal Reserve can issue Federal Reserve notes and call it monetary policy, 
Uh, but if, if I were to do that in my on my desk and just draw some dollar bills, yeah, I'd go to jail for that. We're not talking about Saturday morning cartoons. We're talking about political cartoons then. And did growing up, was the New Yorker magazine a thing? or SpongeBob. SpongeBob. <laughs> That's my uh, go-to. Even to today, I don't watch them, but anytime uh, someone makes a comment either related to SpongeBob or that could be, uh, be applied to SpongeBob, I'll pull out a quote from SpongeBob. It's so amazing how cartoons that I watched you know, 20 years ago, I s still remember all the quotes. And I, I, I do that a lot for movies as well. I'll pull quotes from movies and just, that, that's sometimes how I talk with my brother and my dad. It'll do something or you know, stumble and then quote a movie. Yeah, every time I trip on something, it's a have that removed from Stripes. Yes, yes, Stripes, that is a good one. I love that movie. Yeah, it, it, it's movies like that, Monty Python, Napoleon Dynamite. Those are probably the, the top three. So having this giant kind of linguistic database in your head that you can reference, now you have new inputs, whether it's Robert Breedlove or John Ballas, mm -hmm. then to convert those into your artwork, it feels like that's almost what you're doing. That is what I'm doing. There, I mean, there is, I'll take either a movie reference, even just a saying, like uh, burning bridges. That might be the prompt for a cartoon. And I'll think of a way that Bitcoin could be incorporated into the idea of burning bridges. It's, it has a negative connotation to it. You know, if you were to burn bridges with a, with a friend. Sure, but it could be liberating in other contexts. It could be liberating. So there was a, a cartoon that I did that had Bitcoin burning bridges was the title of one. And uh, it was burning the bridge to war while it was sitting on the, the island of peace. Burning the bridge. It looked a lot like the Brooklyn Bridge, if I recall. Yes. Yes. That was the uh, inspiration. And so are you tasking yourself with one a day? Uh, that, that was how I got started. I was doing one a day, sometimes even two a day, probably for the first 50 or 60. Like I, was, I was probably doing five or six a week. I would release five or six a week. I might do two in a day. I might do eight in a week but only send out five. So I've got three for the next week. Okay. Maybe there just wasn't enough content to keep that going. So now I'm at the point where maybe it's one to two a week, but it's either tied to a current event in Bitcoin or someone is requesting a commission and I'll ask their permission to, to share it. And that would count towards my running list of cartoons. It's your proof of work, really. Oh, yeah. I think that one a day whatever it is, 50 push-ups, whatever, helps a lot of people stay focused. Yeah, especially getting started too. It's funny, the first Bitcoin cartoon I did, I could show it to you here and I'll just give you the story behind each cartoon. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. And what we can do is we'll figure out a way to put these images on the webpage dedicated to this episode so people can scroll along. All right, so what I ask every viewer before I get going is, you know, can you guess the title? And you can tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. It could be totally unrelated. It could, I mean, it could just be Bitcoin. A lot of them are just strictly Bitcoin themed. And some, I'll just pull in a current event that's happening in, let's say, the, the, the real world. And uh, I'll bring Bitcoin. You know, how could Bitcoin comment on this current event? I'll play the game here. I'm going to go with separation of money and state. Yes. But I'm wondering too, because you're talking to a Bitcoiner, how often are you showing this to a, a no-coiner or a, uh, a pre-coiner? I do present my cartoons to no-coiners. Sometimes I'll even start with ones like these, one that I'll go to next. Just to, There's a varying degree of the difficulty and how long or what it takes for you to guess the title. I mean, you said this, the answer or the title in three seconds, and not, not all Bitcoiners would get that in three seconds. Sometimes I'll have to walk them through, you know, what is the left side of America depicting, let's say, uh, the dollar or money. All right, and then what's the right side say, say states. All right, and what is Bitcoin doing? What's the Bitcoin miner doing in this scenario? And he's... He's splitting the country 
in half. Right? And then I ask, you know, all right, put all that together and what do you get? Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes, I'll, you know, it's three words or four words in this case. And then the first word is separation. All right, now you give me the rest. Nice, you're leading them on. This is really fun. It's almost like a parlor game. Yes. Have you thought about making a little deck of cards to... Playing cards? Yeah, or not even playing cards, because I know you've done something similar, but uh, I don't know what the, the parlor game where you just show them the picture and they, they have to guess what the answer is. Oh, like, like an inkblot test? Yeah, almost. Yeah, it's, it's very much in the same realm. Dig it. Well, now the pressure's on. I got that too fast. Yeah, all right. Let's, we'll, we'll do another a easy sovereignty. one. sovereignty. Yeah, you're too good. <laughs> Look, I'm, you're talking to a visual thinker. I... <laughs> okay all right we'll, we'll uh we'll try. part of the reason i did this podcast is because like the wordsmiths like breed love and john vallis and you know marty and matt those guys can just go mm-hmm. and i'm so intimidated to articulate my ideas with words i'd much rather hear it from artists and people who are doing exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah that's it's one thing i may not be the most fluent speaking uh but i feel like i can say a thousand words with uh, one picture. So that's where I like to put my energy. And had you settled upon your graphic style, this cartoon style, or were you thinking about going off into doing more into a different genre? I'll say I haven't thought about going into another genre. I really love the the wittiness that's required to do political cartoons and the, the humor that is required on my end, but also on your end. I don't really learn anything or achieve anything if you don't laugh. If you don't laugh, I, it's probably not that great of a cartoon. That's awesome. And going back, I remember as a kid, there was a the Museum of Cartoon Art in Porchester, New York. It was started by Mort Walker. It was revelatory for me that cartoons could be in a museum. It was in this magnificent Victorian mansion. I don't know where it is now or if it's still around, but... I've never not associated cartooning with a kind of high art or with reverence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it seems too playful uh, rather than uh, serious or uh, something you might see uh, on the, the Sistine Chapel ceiling. You're not going to see a Bitcoin cartoon in the Sistine Chapel, that's for sure. It was poking around at the history of cartooning in preparation for our talk. And I discovered this guy named Richard Outcult, the yellow kid. Do you know about this? No. He was America's first comic strip character. And the yellow kid was this little Irish guy, bald. He's a kid. But it's where we get the term yellow journalism. And I, I kind of love that the yellow kid, and now you've got your orange, your orange bee anthropomorphized and doing things. Even that, the yellow kid, that could inspire a cartoon. There's really no shortage of artists before me that I might transform their cartoon into something that's Bitcoin related. It's me thinking, so you feel you're, you've got your own style and your own skills and you're hand drawing these things. Everything that came before and everything going on in current events is fair game for you to grab. Yes. I think the best are political in nature. Even some of the, the art that I look at to inspire the Bitcoin cartoons, the majority of those are political or they have some deep history in politics or next to politics. And today we say politics and everybody just screams, you know, it's red and blue and whatever, or, or divisiveness. Mm-hmm. It feels too like you're... You're above that, and you're simply trying to kind of ground it in contemporary challenges. Yeah, I'd say with, there's a few cartoons. There's one, maybe I'll just go to right next. Just skip forward to it. This cartoon. On the top, you see your Democratic logo, the DNC logo. Uh, Then you have your Republican Party logo. And, And my introduction or comment on this series is, well, you got to guess the title now. I guess it would be a single issue voter or something along those lines. But I've I, heard that one. Honey, I'm voting. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> guess I'm going to vote. You're going to vote Bitcoin. Yes. So I gave this the title of vote for Bitcoin. I feel like single issue voter. I've heard that one before. I've heard the Badger Party. 
So I think that the Badger Party's grown to be like what I call it now, just just from someone else giving me you know, a better title, and but that happens every now and then where you know, I I assign a title, put it in the certificate, uh, but then whoever buys it or just looks at it like gives me a better title and that's what I continue it on and I'll put that on my website. No, I love it. That's kind of very, uh, that's in the stay humble school where your even your titles can be retitled. Definitely. Let's do another one. Yeah, let's do it. All right, try this one. Wow. So I'm looking now, now pressure's on. Oh, you didn't get it in three seconds. I'm, I'm trying to, oh, there's the, <laughs> for everyone listening, we're, we're looking at the one with the uh, world on the right hand side with the Bitcoin sitting under an umbrella. Yeah, and a nice round earth. Yeah, and the rest of the flat earthers are mired in fiat. So fiat, the flat earth is a fiat idea. It is. But combine those two, fiat and flat earthers. Would it, if you were to combine that, what would be the title? Uh, oh, I guess it would be fiat earthers. Yes. Love it. You got it. This is one of my you know, maybe top three. It always gets a good laugh. It really, it really does. I love the Bitcoins and the beach chairs. Bravo, man. Thank you. All right, let's go for another one. So in this one, we were depicting uh, what kind of animal? That's the ostrich. We yeah. got the nostrich. What did you say? It's a nostrich. It's a nostrich. Yes, that is the title. <laughs> I've got my pub key out there in the world. Yeah, me too. Very hopeful for what that holds. Definitely. I can't remember. I probably drew this one around the time that I joined. Noster, and for some reason, the Nostrich became a running joke. I want to say it's some Noster user that had asked AI to generate a joke for Noster, and it came up with something related to an ostrich and Noster and spat out Nostrich was the the punchline. So I'll leave it up to your viewers to figure out what the uh, the joke was awesome all right next one does that say coin casino what kind of that oh so there it is shitcoin casino so the title of this is shitcoin casino <laughs> do you recognize the the person depicted here that is sam bankman free fraud sam bankman fraud yes in uh giza or the las vegas version yes i was trying to depict the uh, luxor hotel i like that the bitcoin b is He's urinating. Expressing himself. Yes. It's the great thing about cartoons is you can do a lot by inferring just with color and line. I think that's the best part is I don't even have to say anything for you to get the joke. Again, just playing on recurring themes that everyone is familiar with uh, that would be able to find this funny. Hey, that gets me thinking when you're creating, are you sort of quietly wrestling with your own distillation of the ideas or are you equally enamored with its future reception are you already in dialogue with your audience as you create uh no I'd, I'd say a lot of these just a lot of them come from my head uh but even people will message me on twitter with an idea sometimes it's a good idea and i'll run with it but maybe 20 percent of the time it's eh, I, I don't see it yet uh, might be the right answer. Well, but more for something like this. You had the shitcoin casino notion, and then you sort of went at it with your sketchbook and, and refined it to this point. Yeah, I knew I knew that Sam Bakeman fraud had to be part of it because I had drawn this one around the time that that whole fiasco happened. So it was just a matter of taking that current event and make it relatable either to the urination part uh, the shitcoin casino that everyone knows about, uh, and then adding that that real world touch of the Luxor that some people get. Not everyone says Giza, but I thought that maybe people who have been to Las Vegas would recognize the reference. Yeah, for sure. That's my point. It's like you're busy rendering what you want to render, and then you bring it out into the world. You don't overly concern yourself with audience reception prior. No, but with commissions, I will maybe introduce the pencil version first. So I'll do this entire drawing in pencil, very light 
line weights. In the case of a commission, I'll present it to the buyer and maybe get like an initial okay and then finish it completely with color. And I don't get that many edits when I introduce the pencil, but I, th there are some customers that will like, don't even show me it until it's done. And I think they might appreciate that more. All right, cool. Let's play another one. All right. Am I reading it? W-O-E-O-F-O? That's a feel. You are seeing that correctly. Oh, oh there it is. There it is. It's a, it's a, we've got the World Economic Forum and it looks like the Bitcoin B has got some sort of some sort of scatological weaponry. Yep. I can't quite. Def I'll give you a hint. It's the aerial view of a tractor. Ah, okay. I see, and it's 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 essentially digging into its. Uh, yeah, I guess I come with sort of a. We know that the World Economic Forum is. Wants you to own nothing, eat the bugs, live in the pod, and uh, the Bitcoiner seems to be building its own citadel with proper soils. But I'm, I can't come up with a witty title. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll hug you out a little bit on this one. Uh, so it was, it was a current event. As well, I say current, but it was about a year ago. Probably, I think it was around this time in July of. 2022, uh, the... Oh, the Dutch farmers. I see the Dutch flag there. Yes. The uh, Dutch farmers went to their parliament building... And dumped a bunch of manure. In response to the government proposing a reduction in their nitrogen emissions, which would reduce the total amount of calories produced by these farmers. And they wanted nothing to do with it and they uh, stood up for themselves by uh, throwing shit all over the parliament building. I'm almost sensing a theme here between our shitcoin casino and very different, it's interesting, two different uses of shit. <laughs> yeah, back to back. <laughs> we still haven't got the title yet. What would you see in a, a field? Manure. You would, maybe more associated with aliens. What would you see? Oh, the crop circles. You'd see a crop circle. So put, uh, what's another word for poop? Well, there's a lot of them. It starts with a C. Oh, crap circle. <laughs> yes. The title of this is crap circles. <laughs> this is one of the more difficult ones. Fair enough. I feel uh, vindicated. Sure, sure. This is starting to feel like a public radio game show. I've been told that I need to make a book of these cartoons, and they're totally right. I just haven't figured out a way to present them in a way that doesn't require me to be there to walk you through it. And also presenting the title, because I don't want the title on the same page as the cartoon. Otherwise, you know, if it's sitting on your coffee table and your uh, no-coiner friend comes over and opens it up, they might see, can you guess the title? But the title's right there. So I, I got to think of a creative way to mask the title. Yeah, I could see it maybe with a little some lenticular glasses or something, right? Where you, when you put the glasses on, that the text becomes visible. But prior to that, it isn't. Or you can flip it. The title's on the back of the next page. So you have to sort of, you can go back and forth. I thought of that. I thought of like an index in the back. But your idea of like bifocal lenses that introduce a new or a hidden font. If you've ever seen National Treasure. Sure. Nicholas Cage. Benjamin Franklin's bifocals. Uh, that he puts on to read the back of the Declaration of Independence. I don't, I don't know how I could get a... That might be, that might have been a Hollywood contrivance, but I think there are some technologies that can reveal, we'll see. Well, I love the idea that you've taken the political cartoon and kind of gamified it a bit. I really love the interaction I get from the viewer. Now, when you share on Twitter, you just put it up there and then let people in the comments riff? Yeah, when I first started... I was doing exactly what I'm doing with you. I'd give you a prompt, tell you this is the 114th cartoon, but I wouldn't give you the title. And I'd have you, I'd ask the, my followers to comment what they thought the title was. And there wasn't that much engagement. So you don't go to Twitter to uh, maybe sit in deep thought. So I feel like 
presenting them with the title of the cartoon immediately got them more attracted to it. Yeah, and I suspect that a majority of folks following you are Bitcoiners. Yes. So they're getting a, a quick hit of validation of their ideas or a, a really fun, you know, that picture worth a thousand words. I'm giving you another reason to stick around. Yeah, I think I... Just for my uh, my Bitcoin cartoons. I mean, you're doing this as a passion project, I suspect. Am I right? Yeah. I started about 18 months ago. As I mentioned earlier, I'm an architect by day, cartoonist by night, or by weekend. So I, I might do one or two on the weekend, either a commissioned piece or a, a, a Steven original. And those commissions are coming from other Bitcoiners. They're finding you on Twitter... Or Noster. Uh, yeah, or uh, even just locally in uh, in my meetup, I'll have uh, people requesting a cartoon for their husband for the birthday. You know, I need it in a month from now. So I'll, I'll start brainstorming and introduce a pencil sketch to them just to you know, get the initial buy-off like I do with some people and then deliver it to them at the next meetup. Wow, that's a heroic. I noticed that you're not incapable of rendering recognizable people. That's my one weak spot. Really? I'm sure there are many other weak spots, but the most, I guess, one that sets me back the most is doing faces. So I, I did, uh, you know, Sam Bankman Freed here. I mean, it took a long time just to get the, the lines right. It's amazing that even just a, the tiniest line can distinguish between one person and the next and i haven't gotten to the point where i can i've mastered that especially at this small of a scale don't undersell your talents but i love the idea that just a few lines can change what something looks like it's testament to the art form that you've chosen just how powerful every single line can be and, and my has to be in that distilled space yeah the first 70 cartoons that i did were just line work there was no color at all. Uh, it was just treating lines and line, line thicknesses. And I've added color to them, like these, in the separate money and state one, only the Bitcoin is orange and everything else is black and white. So those are the first 70. And then I started to do grayscale and orange for probably the next 10 or 15. Uh, and then I started moving into full color. That's really where they come to life and maybe appreciate it more is the the full color versions like the shitcoin casino crap circles we'll go back to the second to last black and white cartoon that i did here uh so we'll have you guess the title of this one yeah can you zoom in for me my old man eyes i've got what looks like um he's a bandit of some sort but a in among the rocks and then there's oh it's oh this is a volcano it mining. is a volcano uh this is the james bond yes evocation that el salvador is the james bond of sorts the unstoppable with their volcano bonds or whatever it is the volcano bond i stumbled right into it so you're very close to the the title what does James Bond say every time he introduces himself? My name is Bond, James Bond. So I'm Bond, Volcano Bond. Yes, Bond, the Volcano Bond is the title of this one. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> I can't tell you the influence that James Bond had on my youth and growing up. He taught me bizarrely, you know, maybe with hindsight, it all seems sexist or whatever, but it, it was also uh, the rewards of being a gentleman. Mm -hmm. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, exactly. If I could afford drinking Bollinger champagne all the time, I would. Uh -huh. And uh, drive a Aston Martin. Exactly. Was it uh, any particular James Bond? Probably The Spy Who Loved Me. Okay. To this day, I can't wait to go to Luxor, Egypt. Not Las Vegas. Not Las Vegas. The real thing. I don't think I've ever watched maybe the... I feel like I, I grew up with Daniel Craig being the James Bond. I don't think I really ever watched the ones that predated... Daniel Craig. All right, you're missing out, but there's a lot out there, man. The world of film is endless. I'm sure I am, yeah. I'm sure there, there's many more uh, cartoon references that can be pulled from, from those movies. I, I just watched The Godfather all the way through for the first time last weekend. I'd watched, you know, maybe the first 20 minutes of this three and a half hour long movie. I have yet to do a Godfather cartoon, but 
there's there's so many good quotes in that movie. Would something like that in your experience then simmer for a while before it emerges as a cartoon? Yeah, I have a I wouldn't say I have a running list, but maybe I just keep it in the back of my mind until something comes up. It might be three, six months later if I'm you know, itching to do a cartoon that I don't have a a prompt for. I'll go back to that internal list, see if something comes up. Maybe some maybe some uh, event happened within the last six months that would be relatable to The Godfather, but also Bitcoin. Yeah, cool. Do you find that Bitcoin as a concept to be, it's, it's almost ironic, you've got this unbelievably complicated, all-encompassing messianic technology, and then you're distilling it down into a few lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't get to talk to very much uh, no coiners about my cartoons, but you know, the people I work with, I know that, or they know that I do these cartoons. I don't show them every single one that I do, but if they want to know, you know, what'd you do this weekend? You know, I'll, I'll show them the cartoon that I drew that weekend. They definitely don't get it. Uh, maybe because it's just a commission piece, or maybe it's the news sources that they're familiar with uh, may not be presenting the reference that I'm trying to uh, portray. So, you know, that might just be where it just goes over their head. Right. You need a little more boiling oceans. I don't have a boiling ocean theme uh, cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Don't. No. <laughs> I commission you to just do cartoons around the mainstream ideas of Bitcoin just to mess with your head. Cool. <laughs> Great. Take the commission, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me, you had this unbelievable talent to do cartooning. When did that start? We probably maybe should have started with this, but I've been uh, drawing ever since I was a kid. It may not have looked as pretty, but I, I've even got this piece of artwork on my desk that I have from probably when I was six or seven. It's a little t-shirt that I did in maybe preschool or something. And my mom kept it for all these years. I thought of it one day. I was like, mom, can you just ship that to me so I could put it on my desk? It's this little t-shirt. It's got my face in the middle of the t-shirt and uh, a baseball field underneath my head. I as a, played baseball all through my childhood. And then around the shirt on the sleeve says, you know, when, when I grow up, I want to have $10 billion and the commas are in the wrong spot. It might be every six zeros and then every two zeros and every five. So it's, it's hilarious just to look at what I did 25 years ago. But you stuck with it, right? You obviously improved and you've gotten to the point now where you're an accomplished cartoonist. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that there is something to that, right? I think every kid draws, but not every, you know, they drop it for any number of reasons, probably fiat schooling. Mm -hmm. I never really ventured or I, I did venture outside of, uh, you know, pencil markers into watercoloring. And I hate watercoloring watercoloring i feel like it's you, you might be able to tell with all these cartoons that it's a high degree of precision and control and i feel like when i go to watercolor there's just too much uh freedom is uh is maybe contrary to my you know, internal beliefs about freedom and control it's funny that i find myself attracted and Everyone else is attracted to the highly precise cartoons. That's a really deep idea there that, well, there's freedom in the constraint, right? And we frame our works. You choose a medium and in that space, you are liberated. I see that. Yeah. Maybe I'm overthinking it. It's my MO. When it goes to watercoloring, it's too loose. There's not very many rules that you got to abide by, at least in my case. I mean, some other people, I'm sure they set rules for themselves outside of the paper size and your the brush size and the, the colors that you choose. But to your point with, with these cartoons that are highly precise, it allows you to put maybe more thought into the meaning underneath the cartoon rather than just what is presented because it, you can see the cartoon for what it is, but that's, you know, 5% of the piece. You get the most out of it by reading into it and trying to guess the title. Nice. And even once you have the title, I don't think it loses its persuasive powers. No, no. Cool. 
You have another one just for fun? Uh, I, yeah. I think I maybe have uh, three more. That's the Trojan horse. Bitcoin is the Trojan horse. It is the Trojan horse. And that is the title of this cartoon. Except in this case, the... Uh, oh, there you go. It's uh, the enemy turrets are the CBDC. Yes. Central bank digital currencies. In this scenario, they're waving their white flag in surrender uh, and lowering the drawbridge to after succumbing to what Bitcoin is. I can't stop it. Yeah, and this is obviously a later work, full color, the rest of it. Yep, this was number 91. I uh, did this for Citadel 21 magazine. If you ever heard of them, this was their uh, 18th volume cover. So they uh, asked me to do a cover for this. This is what I came up with. And uh, if anyone out there has a volume 18, I just sold this uh, last week, the original, on scarcity. Oh, that's cool. All right, uh, let's do another one. This is one of my favorites. This is, uh, it's the MLB logo, but it's it's a minor league baseball. Yep. Or what a Bitcoin, minor league Bitcoin. Minor league is the title of this one. <laughs> I like to start with this one, or at least I did when I was at the conference before I sold it. Uh, I'd always start with this one because it, it really gets your juices flowing, teaching you how to react to what's next. And I like to, this is speaking to that earlier idea of just grabbing anything in the popular culture and yes. morphing it into for your needs. Yeah, and I had drawn this one after I went to a baseball game and I saw the MLB logo. Like, I feel like I could turn that into something. So I went back home and, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, I mean, the NBA has their uh, logo with a basketball player. It's a recurring thing. It doesn't even have to be for sports. But I back in uh, high school, I played Halo, and they had what's called what was called the MLG the Major League Gamer League, and it was a similar logo to this with a Xbox controller as part of the you know, the, the, the white negative. So I was thinking back to that back in high school. Just a, it's a very versatile theme. It's versatile, but it's also like quickly recognizable. Yeah. Is there an aspect of kind of propaganda or persuasiveness that you'd bring to your work or that you hope your work goes out and sort of lives in the future? I know this has been put on t-shirts and things like that. Uh, I'd say the, the ones that I try to maybe present my own beliefs as more in the, uh, the political realm. Uh, if we go back to the, the vote for Bitcoin cartoon that you see here, it really goes back to, you know, I, I may not have chosen a Republican or Democrat in the last election because there wasn't a, a third option that, that really aligned with me. And I feel like now we're getting to the point today with politicians discussing Bitcoin and try to you know, maybe pull their vote to either side. In the case of RFK, the Democratic side, even going to the Bitcoin conference, there were maybe two other presidential candidates that were at the conference probably trying to get your vote. And, uh, but they're uh, not so much in the Badger Party or the uh, Libertarian Party, but more so continuation of the Republican or Democratic Party. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, so okay. I think the recent mayor was taking his salary in Bitcoin or whatever he is doing, but mm -hmm. in the end useless that's why i'm in mexico <laughs> maybe another one that i'll show you yeah or maybe another few you must communicate with bitko yanowski he did inspire a lot of my cartoons especially early on like I, I think i found him before i even started my twitter account i've never met him or talked to him uh, but he's inspired a lot of these cartoons just the the style yeah i can see that his your, your word earlier was like uh, animatronic. Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize or uh, personification of the Bitcoin. Is, uh, I feel is more fun. In these, it's it's really just the Bitcoin logo three-dimensionally. 
Uh, there's not so much facial expressions that Vico presents in his cartoons. But to your point, maybe earlier, where I give myself a limit, I don't really give the Bitcoin logo a facial expression, but it doesn't detract from the message or the emotion that I'm choosing to hit at on, on your end. By putting the B in the symbol of the B without necessarily facial expressions, kind of keeps it keeps it grounded in a symbolic symbol of money. If, I, if I'm not being redundant there, yeah, it's a uh, digital uh, in nature. All all of my cartoons are physical. The fact that I can make them digitally and share them to anyone in the world is very much the same realm that Bitcoin is in. You're physically drawing, inking, and then you're digitizing for distribution. Yeah, yeah. Similar to, so Bitcoin grounds itself in energy consumption and then provides itself as a medium of exchange for humanity, among other things. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm getting into now is, by request, more apparel and things to you know present your political beliefs as we get into this 2024 election. I made some shirts and some hats for this, uh, the Vote for Bitcoin cartoon, where it's just the, the Badger Party is what's the, the emblem on the shirt or the hat. As we go into this election, I, I'd want to have some, some Bitcoin cartoons out there that are more political in nature that might spark a conversation, either good or bad. Yeah, cool. To me, it's the, the act of debate that I didn't really have as a kid. I did go through, I think I did one debate in high school. It wasn't a debate class, but I think it was just like a speech class. And it was sign up for the affirmative on a particular case and try to duke it out with your fellow classmates. It's something I've grown to appreciate as I grow older is just the need for debate. And today we just see less and less of it. Oh man, we know it's just the land of ad hominem attacks and censorship, but we'll get it back. Yeah, with Bitcoin. Yeah. And Austria. Yeah, ready. <laughs> Let's do this tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I'm generally a patient man, but there are days. Sure, sure. I was poking around and I saw your switching up away from the cartoons, but your little toe dip into vexillology and the flag making. Oh, yes. I, yeah, it, it didn't go very far, uh, but I, uh, if you're looking at the post I made on Twitter, it's a little uh, snippet of a video of a flag I tried to present to the Bitcoin Twitter world. It's more abstract. It's not so much it's Bitcoin. What I was thinking is if you were to have a Bitcoin flag, you probably wouldn't want to put it on your doorstep or on your uh, on the columns of your house to let everyone know you have Bitcoin. But how might you present that present Bitcoin in a way that's more abstract that doesn't tell everyone you have Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean it, it would serve the OPSEC purposes, but I also thought it was just a really interesting creative exercise to take this complicated thing and distill it down into something beautiful and eloquent. So if you ever delve off into that I'd love to see more of it. Okay. And I, I know that software where you put the image in and it makes a little flag GIF. Yeah, that was the first time I, I used that. And it was really cool technology. <laughs> I would love to just be behind the scenes and seeing all the different flags people make. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen the TED Talk by Roman Mars, where he gets into all the U.S. state flags and the just disastrous design failures that they are. It's a very entertaining 20 minutes. Okay. I'll check that out. He has a fantastic podcast called 99% Invisible, which is a, a lovely podcast for creative folks. If you've never heard of it, I recommend yeah, it. Yeah, check him out. Take it. One reason that I got into that flag design, I was designing challenge coins, if you've ever heard of those. Got one in my pocket. Uh, much like uh, Kazechi's coins, there's a whole market for these collectible coins on Bitcoin Talk. So the forum that Hal Finney and... Satoshi were chatting on 14 years ago. Uh -huh. And you can go back all the way to 2010 and read the conversations. Uh, and it's still active today. There's, a, would say, maybe 50 people or more on this collector forum that just collect 
either my artwork or uh, coins that are 10 years old, coins that are that are just being produced by people on the forum. And I tried my hand at that for the state of Arizona. I did a, a Bitcoin-themed cartoon for my for the coin and uh, ended up selling half of uh, what I had made uh, with a, a challenge coin company. I don't think I got all the marketing there. It's still something I have to work on is getting the word out beyond just my cartoons. And it's always sort of the artist's challenge too to sort of restrict and refine and perfect. But if you have interests across other domains, it's just now it's a matter of how much time do you have to address all yeah, those other things. Yeah. Even today, you know, I, I mentioned I'm getting into apparel because that's what everyone is requesting. But the thing is, when all those people request it, I don't have it. I don't have the product. It's like following up with them after they requested this. I don't know how you, how you do that. Dude, you're an artist. This is the... <laughs> It's the most fucked up thing. It's like you're burdened with making all these things and then all of a sudden you got to have seven other hats to deal with distribution. Yeah. What? Yeah. So I, I, that's another avenue I'm going down, uh, looking into licensing agreements for some of my cartoons. I've had a few people reach out and wanting a cartoon to be the, the face of their next product. So that's another stream that I'd never really heard of until... Uh, after the conference. Oh, that's cool. So the conference was good for you in that respect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've read something recently, and it was frustrating that some random was claiming that every Bitcoin artist just wants to get Bitcoin from, you know, other Bitcoiners. And they're just like some crass thing. And while that's somewhat current events, and I try and avoid that stuff, I am talking to a political cartoonist. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say that spend and replace is my motto. If you have a a product that I am willing to buy with Bitcoin that tells me a lot about your product, that it's worth the Bitcoin that I spend. And so I, I think a lot of my uh, customers are just the people that are attracted to my work. They think it's worth, they think my art is worth the Bitcoin that they're giving me. And I think that the Bitcoin that I receive is worth the cartoon that I just sold. If I were to think with a, my Fiat hat on, in order to sell it for fiat, I might not feel as empowered by the end of the transaction. It's not to say I don't sell it for fiat, but if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you. An artist has to eat. I mean, what the fuck are we supposed to do? I'm just, it's frustrating. I think there's a general lack of understanding around artists and art markets. Uh, I'm not talking about the money laundering at the high levels of the auctions. But just that you make something that people find valuable, that's a nice virtuous circle. Yeah, I, th I think so. The, uh, the circular economy that it enables, I'm very much attracted to. The people that I know in my meetup, you know, they might not do uh, artwork, but they're coding. And man, I need to enable Bitcoin payments on my website. You have experience in coding, so I'm going to pay you with Bitcoin to help me enable Bitcoin payments on my website. And that's that's the circular economy that, that I get at a local level just through the meetup and talking with people. And that's frankly the, the most rewarding part is just talking to other people in person that I can present my cartoons to, but also learn how might you provide a service for other Bitcoiners. I'm a little surprised that you haven't gone on any other podcasts, especially video ones, because there's a joyfulness in what you're doing. I can sense it for you to engage folks. I, I hope you go on to some higher profile video-based affairs and run this kind of parlor game or Bitcoin game show. I think it'd be a ton of fun. That, that's a great idea. I feel like I've watched podcasts for the past three years, always consuming, but really never... Uh... You know, being on the other side of the camera. It's just a matter of, in, in your case, you reach out to me, maybe with those bigger ones. Maybe it's a, a foot in the door that I have to initiate, either with uh, what Bitcoin did with Peter McCormick or Robert Breedlow, who's inspired many of my cartoons. Uh, I met him in person, took my business card, haven't heard from him since, but uh, maybe it's, uh, it's worth a follow-up. They're all out there. I just think 
you clearly know the value of community, find the most satisfaction in sharing and in gaming your captions and hearing from other people. I wish you well in that journey. And, and I do think that it's so delightful to look at your work and make the connections, validating for maybe Bitcoiners, but also a lovely, almost subversive art for the no-coiners or pre-coiners. I hear you. Yeah. I can't say I've uh, orange-pilled someone through my cartoons yet. But I, I have uh, worked with a few people before that, that know I do these cartoons and that sparked a conversation. Maybe it doesn't really go anywhere. But I've learned or maybe come to the point of view that I'm not really looking to persuade you, but rather be here as a resource if you have questions. Uh, that's, that's really where I've fallen in terms of orange pilling. And yet, do you feel that it's a role for art as a touch point in society's transition to hyper-Bitcoinization? I think it definitely plays a role. And scarcity is you know, on the top of that I guess, totem pole. They're working with artists uh, that are most likely talking to other Bitcoiners. Or it's a, it's a Bitcoiner-centric market. The great thing about cartoons is it's not as serious as, uh, as a painting or a I could say photograph, but it, it's it's more inviting in my mind. The fun aspect of a cartoon that their uh, no coiner might be more open to learning more rather than a, a static image that may not have much depth to it. That's nice, and and maybe coming back to that early idea of cartoons. Cartoons are generally children's first introduction to media, so it always holds a kind of gateway place in our minds. And so here we go. Now we've got Bitcoin cartoons. There, the people are open. You're innocent. You're ready. Right, right. It's hard. You know, where do you direct your 24 hours in a day? Do you direct it at the the people who've never heard of Bitcoin before? Uh, you know, how do you even reach them? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, I think if you're if you're steeped in Bitcoin, it's eight hours of sleep, grass-fed beef, no vegetable oil. Thank yeah, you. Bitcoin Twitter. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Repeat, Stephen. I we've gone on a long time here. I think this is a lovely introduction, and I can't wait to see uh, your future efforts. Well, thank you. I, I had a great time. You steered the conversation well. Thank you. And uh, if anyone's interested in finding me on Twitter, it's at Bitcoin Cartoons. Uh, the same is true for Noster and my website that lists every single cartoon I've ever done is bitcoincartoons.io. Highly recommend. It was an absolute pleasure scrolling through and, and kind of playing the game that we played together here just by myself. Definitely. Well, thanks, Clay. Yeah, super inspiring. All the best, Stephen. Thank you. There you have it. I put links to Stephen's BitcoinCartoons.io, his Twitter feed, and his Nostra pub key in the show notes, as well as links to the various topics mentioned in the show. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the Bitcoin Muse in your favorite podcast app, and ideally it's on some value-for-value value app like Fountain or Breeze. That'll help me, and by default, 10% will split off to the folks at OpenSats. Thank you to my brother Brant for the music. Thanks to you for listening. And thanks to Stephen for sharing his time, energy, and cartoons on the Bitcoin Muse. Onward.